How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pedro, how's it going, man? Hey, Andy. It's going uh, It's going well inside where I live. It's not going so well outside, but I'm focusing on the good stuff inside, working on some stories good. that I'm excited about. What about you, man? Uh, I'm just glad you're indoors. That's good. It doesn't seem uh, doesn't seem too fun outside these days in Los Angeles. No, I am. Uh, my thoughts are with all the people who are putting in a lot more work out there than I am. The air quality, like, I mean, what can baseball do? I guess they just have to play through it. Um, yeah, I'm not an expert on this. Um, Sunday's air quality at Dodger Stadium was not so bad that it mm-hmm. it was uh it, it's for healthy individuals by by game time it was within the range that that is recommended right so okay. saturday was a little bit of a different story at dodger stadium it's only really been one game and again mm-hmm. like a lot of those recommendations when they say the air quality the aqi is over 200 and that's supposed to be unhealthy for healthy people if they're exposed for 24 hours or more mm-hmm. um which you know hopefully the, the dodgers players are not but of course there's no end in sight necessarily for this and that right. is a concern you know i i, I haven't been able to find an exact Exact number, but I know that they did play games in worse air quality in the Bay Area earlier in, uh-huh. in that week. Um, as far as what happens if this continues, if this worsens, I just don't know. You know, I, I know that yeah. in San Diego it's a little bit better. Right. Speaking as just like not a professional athlete, but a um, a very amateur athlete, you definitely notice it, even in the 150 range when you're outside trying to exercise mm-hmm. in any way. Mm-hmm. So it's I can't imagine what it was like to you know exert yourself as a pitcher in in that Saturday game. Right. It's, it's right. wild. Yeah, and uh, one of the playoff bubbles is supposed to be in Los Angeles. So good times. Well, it, you know, to be frank with you, Andy, if um. If there's still this air quality concern in two and a half weeks, you know, we have larger issues, right? This, you know, we, I very much hope that we have, that this is improved by then. I'll be concerned about that for reasons other than the games. Sure, sure. That's, yeah, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Uh, so the Dodgers, uh, they, they split with the Houston Astros, uh, but it wasn't really as resounding uh, a split as it, it was almost like a little disheartening, right? The way things went on, on Saturday. That's interesting. I, I kind of would have, would have put it the other way. Oh, uh, that it was that they I mean, they, they trounced them. They just they just had one player who entirely failed to do his job. And so they lost one game. But they're in a position where that's a very important player, though. Sure. Very important, but less important, I would say, than than okay. in, in the last few years, because their bullpen around him is better. So, yes, I mean, but they, they have the luxury of not being not having to worry about game outcomes at this yeah. point. And I think if you look at that Arizona series and then you look at the Houston series, they played a lot better in the Houston series against a better sure. team than they yeah. did. I mean, I'm not saying the Astros are great. You know, I expect them to lose before the Dodgers would meet them in the playoffs, but they're better mm-hmm. than the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, so is everybody. So would yeah. the two of us. So <laughs> I don't know about that. I couldn't get it <laughs> off Kevin Ginkle. He's in the minors now, man. No. He went from closer to minor leaguer man. or alternate cider, whatever you shit. call it. So um, they played better. They played a lot better. I mean, they they, they, they beat yeah. the Astros' functional ace right now with their with a bullpen game, right? Yeah. So it's and they beat them soundly. Yeah. I think it was an encouraging affair. Obviously, the Jansen thing is is not ideal. You know, I thought it was interesting, extremely interesting that Dave Roberts put him into a seven run game the following day to yeah. establish his confidence, but but make right. him unavailable for a much more important <laughs> game today in yeah. or Monday and Tuesday in San Diego, Monday especially, where he will be absolutely unavailable. And even Tuesday would be, you know, three and four, which the Dodgers believe affects pitchers. So it was an interesting choice, you know, purely made, I think, for the confidence level of the pitcher. Right. Um, not that that's wrong, you know. Uh, yeah. Dave Roberts knows Kenley Jansen as well as almost anyone. So right, it should let you know, I guess, the manager's, uh, you know, 
concern about losing the division at this point. I, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the other thing is that it doesn't make any difference if they if they're the first right. or fourth seed. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. No, the, the fourth seed right now plays the um, plays the Giants. Plays. The first seed plays the Marlins. Who do you right. want? Right. And then either way, the first seed would be the Padres. So you're going to see the, the Padres. You're going to see the Padres in the second round if you both advance, right? Yeah. And you're going to be in Dallas, right? Or, or right. Houston or wherever. And right. w- so I guess the difference yeah, is whether no you're difference. the bottom half or the top half of the inning. Like it just, it's minuscule. So no, that, I don't think that winning the division really means much to them. It obviously means a lot more to San Diego. Um, right. But on the topic of Kenley, before we move elsewhere, I think sure, sure. I thought it was interesting the way he spoke about it. You know, you were around a lot in seventeen, eighteen, as he, uh, or I guess no, not in. I mean, in seventeen, he was the best he in was, the world. He was incredible. Yeah, probably the best in the sport. In eighteen, as he struggled, there was there was a combativeness to the way he spoke, right, to reporters after games mm-hmm. when he did speak. It seemed like he was. I would describe it as defensive. I guess about about his failings, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. There was a lot of concern about his velocity, uh, especially early in the year, and he did not care for that line of questioning. And so it struck me that you know, and this is really the first time that he had failed in a significant outing in 2020. Yeah. And the way he talked about it was a lot more open. You know, read into that what you will. Maybe it means nothing. Mm-hmm. It probably means nothing. But he was much more open about the fact that he he sucked. Basically, mm-hmm. instead of trying to mm-hmm. to act like it was a bad luck outcome, which I thought yeah. was the case in 2018 a lot, and even into mm-hmm. 2019, you know, and there were some combative. I mean, I think there was an incident where he, I mean, just straight up was was it insulted fans. That might have been in 17, but there's been some issues. And in, th- in this case, on Saturday night, the way he talked about it, he just openly said it was a nightmare. I was awful, and I think, at least from my perspective, that's a better perspective to take as, yeah. as someone who's failed. Well, it's interesting. I mean, maybe you recall that he had a pretty lengthy conversation in the dugout yeah late I remember that last yeah. year I believe it was mm-hmm. you know it was you me September. maybe like Jorge Castillo and maybe Alden Gonzalez from ESPN I feel like I Dylan just, was there too and Dylan yeah maybe like just four yeah. or five reporters and he was just kind of sitting there and he was incredibly open and vulnerable and you know what I mean like it, it had mm-hmm. seemed like he'd already turned the page in a way from yes. that you know a guy who had sort of and so it's it is encouraging I guess if you're if you're into you know caring about like mindset rather than just like move you know outside of movement of the cutter uh, it it would be encouraging you know that he would react to failure that sort of way that he is you know that he accepts you know the things that he can change and versus the things he can't change um, oh yeah it's deep yeah it's deep let's take a quick time out and we'll be back after this. Obviously, the performance matters more than the mindset, right? It doesn't matter how how good of a mindset he has if he keeps giving up five runs in an outing. I think that it gives me a little bit more of a, of a thought that, like, on Tuesday when he pitches, it's going to be better. I'm not predicting it. You know, he's going to probably face a tough middle of the Padres lineup when he comes in to close a, a game in this series. But I think it's – I kind of think he can still do the job at something of an effective level if his mindset remains this way. So we'll see. Well, he, he had been pretty good up until really his, you know, two appearances last week. You know, that led – Yeah, him. the third one also had a little bit of concerning stuff that the Dodgers had mentioned. But, yes, I, I'm with you that it was it – was was, he had had a solid season. The walk rate was up, but this, I mean, I think we've said it here. I mean, the strikeouts were up. The strikeouts were way up, I think. And the velo was, you know, not great, but the movement was better. The movement's there, yeah. The other thing is that, well, this is, it, it's going to be a tough thing to toe with Dave Roberts because just like last season in the playoffs, you know, he spoke often about how confident he was in Kenley, and then when it mattered in Game 5, he didn't go to him, right? And so he has the luxury of having other relievers that he doesn't have to go to, 
But the problem is, how do you actually decide to do that in that moment? Who are you going to go to? Like, it's who's the Dodgers' second best reliever? I really do not know. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week. I think Mm -hmm. that's a real issue. I mean, I think when they were at their best pitching-wise was in 2017, and it was because they had Brandon Morrow and they had Kenta Maeda and they had Watson and Singrani as the lefties, and they had a pretty well-established bullpen hierarchy. And Dave Roberts deployed it very, very well, you know, basically up until the Astros series, which kind of exploded everything. You're right. But they have they have a lot of those pieces. They just don't have them in, in rigid roles as, as they did then. I think the lefties, I mean, Adam Cleric has been has been tremendous. He's one of the best lefty specialists in baseball. Uh, what I'm saying though is is one of one of the criticisms of Dave Robertson in, you know, some of these big moments is that, you know, he has not pushed the right buttons and has sort of, you know, specifically pushed the wrong buttons when there were you know, right buttons kind of there waiting for him, if that makes sense. You know, not using Galeric or, you know, Maeda in game five, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, you know, I can understand, you know, Dodgers fans having some some trepidation about that. I mean, yes. You know, I mean, it's not exactly the most confident thing going into a, a best of three series no, without yeah. a clear without a clear understanding of who's going to pitch, you know, because starting pitchers are not going to, I mean, which guys on the Dodgers are going to go into the eighth inning this season, like in the postseason? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Tony Gonsolin as a reliever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, but like, you know, these guys are going like they're, they're five in a dive and they're sick. There's no, like, I would yeah. take the under yeah. on, like, would you take the uh, under or over on, uh, on half a Dodger getting into the finishing seven <laughs> innings as a starter in the postseason? Under, under, under. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. In the entire postseason? Yeah, under seven innings. Yeah, has the Dodger thrown eight innings this year? I don't believe so. <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know, but I mean, uh, they're going to yeah. face some bad teams in that first round. I mean, Kershaw against the Marlins. I would, I would, I would take seven innings for that, perhaps. Well, you know, they got Yelich and Ozuna and Stanton. I mean, they got some talent. Like, <laughs> the Marlins lineup is actually a little bit better than I thought it was when I looked at it the other day. It's not yeah. so bad. They, they have know, like five good hitters up there. We shouldn't, I think, as like a an industry, you know, be like, wow, what a charming story how the Marlins beat COVID and made the playoffs, you know, because like, no, it's gross. Uh, but at the same time, like, they're, you know, they're a likable team. They have some, they have some good players. Uh, they have some guys who can hit. Old friend Miguel Rojas played well. You know, I don't know. Like, the lineup is fine. They're not that bad of a ball club. I, I, I'm not even commenting on, you know, how it feels to have them beat COVID or anything. Like that. Yeah, right. I, I feel removed from that. Hey, Yimmy Garcia, haven't he's on their top twelve this year? Whoa, old friend. All right, good for Yimmy. Hey, speaking of somebody else, they could use. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we got a tweet uh, from one of our listeners, uh, Randy Ledesma, and if you have uh, things you know you maybe want us to talk about, please send them to at Pedro Mora on Twitter, and he can collate uh, you know collate them. Uh, uh, at Ray- by McCullough. Yeah, send them to both of us. We're happy, you know. We're happy to answer questions because this is actually something that you know I. It's a good had, question. Yeah, yeah, I had kind of forgotten about, and so it's basically you know Randy writes, uh, you know, could you mention that the uh, Maeda greater all trade has been dreadful? Uh, Maeda arguably would have been the number two starter on the team given Bueller's blister and May's struggles to pitch six innings. Uh, I appreciate greater all's potential, and I know Maeda wanted to leave. Not exactly accurate, but he wanted to start. Um, but it's hardly a lock that greater all will stay healthy and successfully quote both. Bolster the bullpen. Thank you, Randy. That was very enjoyable. We'll be right back after this. This is the Athletic Shield Kapadia here to tell you about Liquid IV. Nobody likes to feel dehydrated. Maybe you get a little bit of a headache, dry mouth. You just don't feel like yourself. But believe it or not, dehydration still occurs daily in three out of four people. 
With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. Maybe you use it after a really intense workout. Maybe you went out socially distanced with friends and had a couple extra beers the night before. That's where Liquid IV comes in. It is healthier than those sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. Plus, it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. And Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 3.7 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. Pedro, I mean, I think there are explanations uh, for why the Dodgers traded Kenta Maeda, and I don't think their process was particularly uh, wrong in how they did it. But I think it's fair to say that this trade has not gone well for them this year. Uh, That's fair. It's also fair to say that uh, this trade was not necessarily made for this year. There's a a lot of things that uh, this year specifically have done to affect this trade. But yeah, go for it. But you know what I mean? Like They they didn't make this trade thinking that it was going to make them better in 2020. I think they made it with the right. idea that it was going to it was going to not have that much of an effect on them because Maeda was a mid rotation to back end rotation guy that they had that they had depth to fill and that in trading him they could acquire something they did not have you know a, a really hard throwing late inning reliever who also had some starting potential and so you look at three years from now who's going to be a better player Kent Maeda or Bruce Dark Gratterall. Um, right. And I think the thought still is, even with the season that Midas put up, I, st- I still think the, the the thought is that it's going to be Gratterall. And so that's the that's the way the Dodgers do it, right? I mean, they sold the be- the second best starting pitcher in baseball while they had the best record in the sport, right? This is unprecedented activity. Teams do not do this. I'm talking about the Ross Stripling trade, of course. He hasn't pitched that well with Buffalo, but still, I mean, it's it's just bizarre, right? And yeah. so, especially when you consider that that Maeda Gratterall trade was also, you know, a, a hinge in them acquiring Mookie Betts. Obviously, they did not end up being part of the same trade, uh, but the discussions about Gratterall had had begun during the uh, Mookie Betts transaction, which I don't think anyone is upset about at this point. Although the last I checked, Alex Verdugo has hit very well, well dude, in he's Boston. A good player. Yeah, he's a good player. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I could not have expected that Maeda was going to do this. He had not, I mean, he had been a one, like he'd only been able to retire right-handed pitching at a right-handed hitting at a good at a good rate these last few years, or at least the last two years that I recall. Yes. Batter for batter, he was in like maybe you know he was a top five pitcher against righties. Right, right on right, he was very, very good. I mean, there were some times in the playoffs that I thought he was one of the best pitchers in the sport, right? When he came yeah. in and he, the way he just dispatched righties with just like who had no shot whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one point I would like to make uh, is that part of the reason uh, Maeda would be ex- more important in this current season is because David Price is not there. Yes. And uh, the Dodgers did not expect for there to be a pandemic that would cause David Price to opt out. Uh, now, I mean, uh, you know, Price, I think he had, he had like a 4-2 ERA last year, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there were some injury concerns, so it's not – Price is, has been a very good pitcher uh, in recent years when he has been healthy. And so part of the sort of calculus was that they were clearing a runway for both Price and May and Urias, uh, both of whom have been pretty good. So, been fun, yeah. uh, 
Um, I, I'm going to give you a list of the teams that Kenta Maeda has pitched against this year. Oh, is that the part of it? Okay. Chicago White Sox, who are good. Okay. The Cleveland Indians, who cannot hit. The Detroit Tigers, the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, I would suspect that that has a little bit to do with uh, his current production. He has a 2-4-3 ERA. However, uh, Maeda definitely deserves credit for the work he's done uh, you know, with Twins pitching coach Wes Johnson to sort of um, fix his split and become more effective against lefties. But I think the quality of competition in the central division is uh, maybe a little lacking comparatively. You know, at the same time, though, like the Dodgers would probably like to have Kenta Maeda if only because then he would clearly be their setup man going yeah, or their season. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting one. I mean, it's rare for them to, uh, you know, outside of the Jordan Alvarez trade, it's rare for them to make a move and you feel like they pretty clearly lost it, uh, except for whoever they got Andre Scrub for or gave up Andre Tyler Scrub White. for. Yeah, Tyler White. Yeah, that, that one probably was an L. But, uh, yeah, I mean. In, Wait, is Andre in, Scrub not just a middle reliever? I mean, but what is Tyler White? Come on, dude. Andre Scrub has a 9.3 walk rate. Like, I mean, they the, gave up whatever. I mean, yeah, I don't know. He's not a guy. Like, Neither is Tyler White. Sure. So, so why is – I mean, I'm not saying they won the trade. It's just like it's a nothing trade. It's not I'll even worth you, discussing. He's a one-win player this year, That's, Andre Scrub. Andy, he has a 9.3 walk rate. Like, are you going to defend that? He has walked more dudes than he struck out. Like, You know what? Uh, how many? Well, he's got a one four seven. He's ERA. pitching like Robbie Ray up in here, man. And if Come you on. are in the business of run prevention, <laughs> like I am, I want that guy on the mound. Oh yeah, yeah. What does All he throw, right. Andy? Have you I ever would, seen him pitch? Uh, he throws with his right hand. <laughs> I meant what pitches, but okay. I, I answered. I answered how I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, I wouldn't say that this trade is is automatically a loss for the Dodgers. Um, I mean, Bruce Arcadio's pitched pretty well for them. He's not striking dudes out, but he he looks good. He's been healthy. He's yeah. 22 years old. Right. Uh, there's a lot of reason to think he's going to be good for a long time. Yeah, Maeda has been far better than they expected. The like lefties OPSing 530 against him is wild. No matter which lefties they're facing. Yep. And you know, I, I was looking through, I guess the, the the left-handed hitters on the teams that they that he's pitched against and. The only ones I could think of are like Ramirez, Lindor, and Yelich. And, uh, and I guess the White Sox have some. And Yelich is hitting this year, right? Yeah, that's true. And neither is um, neither is Lindor, frankly. Um, who who are the aren't the White Sox the White Sox a, a lefty uh, a, a righty a heavy yes, bunch? Yes. Uh, yeah. Unless you're unless you're facing the catcher, then yes. Yes. So he's been good. So yeah, it's 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 certainly interesting. Um, I mean, the all three of the, Do- the the starting pitchers, the veteran starting pitchers, the Dodgers have the the part of the Dodgers after last season have pitched pretty well. You know, Rich Hill yeah. in a short sample, but he's been fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hunjin Ryu's been really good. You know, I think Run I'm going to win that war bet that we made on our earlier uh, podcast. We did. Which, what was the yeah, bet? It was like seven or eight war he was going to put up. Oh no! Over in that deal in in, oh, no. in uh, Toronto. <laughs> He's got he's gonna, two already. He's going to do like three this year in, oh, in no. 11. In like, yeah. He's a good pitcher, man. The guy. I, I'm, yeah. You're not, you know, you're preaching to the choir. I think he's very good. I think he's like kind of in the in the way that we talk about Clayton Kershaw, where he's never going to put up an ERA below uh, above three. Yeah. Like I kind of think Ryu's like never going to put up an ERA above four. Like he has that sort of, or maybe like, I don't know, four, two or something like that. He has that ability to 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 not give up runs when they're on base. He's just, he's just a solid pitcher. 177 ERA plus over the last three seasons. Yeah. Very good. He's real good. 
So, yeah. Um, yeah, they could really use either Maeda or Ryu. You know, obviously Ryu came more expensively. Um, right. But I don't know that... I think it's fair to say to for for Randy to say that we should have brought that up. You know, it's it, it's worthy of discussion. It's certainly something to monitor. I don't know that I I would say that it's a lost trade. Let's take a quick time out and we'll be back after this. Hi, I'm the Athletics Joe Posnanski uh, for Indochino. You know, finding clothes that fit you just right can be incredibly challenging, especially for somebody like me who has uh, a body type I would call um, dumpy. It's tough to find anything that fits right. You know, I'm not really a large. I'm not really an extra large. I'm not really a double extra large. I'm not really anything. So it's obviously, it's fantastic. You go to Indochino. They have you uh, go through this entire fitting process where you give them basically every single bit of information that you have about yourself. Uh, you have Every measurement you have, uh, who your favorite beetle is, uh, you know, what, what uh, you believe about the infield fly rule. And uh, and then you come out and and they're they're going to send you uh, clothes that are uh, that fit you really better than anything you could possibly get in the store. It's it's fantastic. Uh, with Indochino, you get custom fitted suits, coats, casual wear uh, at surprisingly affordable prices. Customize everything from the fabric and lining to the lapel shape and uh, monogram if you're a monogram kind of person. Uh, if you're getting married, Indochino is a no-brainer for you and your groomsmen. Forget about the off-the-rack suits that don't fit different body types. Indochino gives everyone a tailored fit. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America or book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter the code JOE at check. Look at that, JOE. It's for me. Joe at checkout. That's super easy to remember. You go to Indochino.com and the promo code is Joe. So the Dodgers are in uh, San Diego uh, for the next three days. Uh, what? How are they setting up their pitching? Are they running another bullpen game tonight? No, it's not really clear. Uh, let's see. They're they're going with May on Wednesday, probably, uh-huh. as long as he can. Uh, Gonsolin on Tuesday uh, and uh, Monday. Who are they starting? Uh, Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw. Oh, why does it say TBD? I'm not sure. Kershaw, Gonsolin, May, uh, and uh, yeah, so All right. pretty good. Uh, so, so they're set up. They're set up pretty well, essentially, for this. Yes, I would say so. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I just found out that Dill. I don't know how I missed that. Denelson Lamette has been as good as he's been this season. Yeah, very, very um, good. Very good. But um, yeah, they, they, they're. I think they have a um, an advantage in every game of the series. You could say so. That's fair. <laughs> yes, they, they will know. be the best team on the field. Every In night. terms, I was referring to the starting pitching. Yes. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, Zach Davies has been really good, too. Jeez. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the Padres are good a good club, man. Yeah. The, Padres, the Padres are, yeah. I. You know what's been I a mean, really good trade is that um, that Zach Davies-Trent uh, Grisham trade oh, uh, that they goodness. made with the Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who the, I believe they gave up... Um, What's his name? Eric Lauer, <laughs> the former Dodger killer. Yeah, Dodger killer Eric Lauer, and I believe and some, uh, Luis Lu- Luis yes, Arias. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think it is fair to say that after uh, you know some 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 hits and misses from AJ Preller, uh, he kind of ran the table this winter. Uh, he had a really really strong winter. You know, to get Davies, um, uh, Grisham, uh, Crony. Uh, and still Tommy Pham, who has been banged up. But yeah, is he yeah. supposed to be back before the postseason? I don't know, to be honest. Okay. I, yeah, um, but we should have get... Dennis on. Let's have, let's have our guy Dennis on the pod. <laughs> yeah, Dennis, we need you to talk about the dads. 
<laughs> yeah. The Padres are good. I think they, they're probably the second or third best team in baseball. Yeah, I mean, who's who's better? The A's? I, I don't know. No, um, the A's the A's don't do it for me. Yeah. Uh, especially without Chapman. I mean, Chapman's been pretty – had been – I mean, I just saw his strikeout-to-walk ratio this year. Yes, but – Not too good. You know, a scout once told me that, that Matt Chapman is – he. this scout believes Matt Chapman's like a 35-grade hitter. Um, but he makes up for it because he has really good power, and he's also very, very good, essentially, at guessing. Hmm. Uh, Matt Chapman is, I think, my favorite player in the sport to watch play. Oh, yeah. whoa. whoa. He's just a, he's just like, a, he's a hard ass, you know, and it's great. <laughs> like, he's just a huge hard on the field. It is awesome. When you watch him, like, for, when I was covering the Angels in 17, and he was uh-huh. just debuting, and uh, he, like, immediately, like, within 20 games, he was the leader of the A's. Yeah, didn't he and, get into a fight with Sosha or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and it was just freaking awesome, dude. Like, this guy was just, he was the, he was, he looks like a hardo, right? Just looking at him. Like, he has that, he has that sort of hardo face. And, um, he, he just takes baseball really intensely, and I love it. You know, that's what I want to see out of, out of the ball player. Well, uh, Pedro, we will be back on uh, Thursday to discuss, I guess, this pivotal series against the San Diego Padres happening in September, which is uh, not a sentence I really ever thought I would say, uh, or at least probably didn't think I would say in 2020. But, you know. Yeah, gonna... we're probably going to be saying it in the future, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the Padres are good. We talk, you know, this is a... We, this is a Padres appreciator podcast. They're they're an, an enjoyable team, and uh, you know what? It's it's good I think for the sport if the Dodgers have someone nipping at their heels because it forces them to keep trying. Not that they were going to stop, but it really um, you know it it incentivizes them to you know keep funneling money and various resources back into this team and keep the juggernaut going. So it's a good thing. Yes, it's good for our business too. We want uh, we want there to be some teams on the heels of Dodgers. <laughs> active, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.